0: And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome,
1: everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. It's an awesome, honor. Awesome. Awesome. If everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles, we're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Verses 35 through 42. But before we break open the bread of life, Cameron, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to allow us to see what we're to see, to hear what we're to hear, and then put that into action? I would love to.
2: Thank you, Father, for the gift of today, the opportunity to serve you in everything that we do. Uh, We invite you to be here with us right now through the power of your Holy Spirit. Um, Be here as we open up the bread of life. Be with the listeners as they listen to this. We thank you, Lord, that. You can make um, the Word alive and active in our lives, and we invite you to do that right now. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. And so again, turn your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 35 through 42. John was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard what he said, and followed Jesus. Jesus turned and saw them following him and said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, Where are you staying? He said to them, Come, and you will see. So they went and they saw where Jesus was staying, and they stayed with him that day. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, was one of the two who heard John and followed Jesus he first found his own brother, Simon, and told him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated Christ. Then he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The gospel of the Lord.
2: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
1: fascinating. When I first was reading this, I look at John as this model disciple that was proclaiming and making straight the way of the Lord. And he has two people that are basically attracted to him, disciples that are follower of his because he's speaking these words of truth that that attracted them. But what did John do? He pointed out Jesus. And when he pointed out Jesus and that Jesus was the Lamb of God, those disciples that were there, those two, followed on John but follow Jesus in our actions and in our words each day. Are we signposts that point to Christ or do we point to ourself? And that's really something for each of us to reflect on. Everything we say, everything we do, do we look for that attaboy? Do we look for that self-proclamation that, you know, hey, we did that, I brought people to Christ. Really, did you? Right. Did you? Or were you an instrument in the hand of the master, who's used your voice, your hands, your eyes, your ears, your feet to bring others unto his very self. So for me, I love the ditty that the Lord's given me that the pathway to heaven is paved with the stepping stones of humility. I did nothing. The Lord Jesus Christ chose to do it in me, with me, and through me. And with that heart of gratitude in awe and wonder, childlike awe and wonder, I want to have that thank you, Father, Thank you for choosing me. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the gift of your Son. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for choosing to live in me, with me, and through me, and for all that you've done. That's
2: the journey. That's so good. And and in this story, we have John saying, Behold the Lamb of God. And then you have Andrew going and getting Peter and bringing him to Jesus. Sometimes we don't know... What we say to one person, how that reflects and how that ripples down the line. Um, But at the top of this, John was standing with two of his disciples, and I'm putting myself in the picture there. There's a lot of times where we're standing with people, but it says, and as he watched, Jesus walked by. I think that's important for us. Like, what is our role in this? He was on the lookout, he was watching. He wasn't, he didn't have his eyes closed. I know sometimes we'll open with a prayer, or we'll close with a prayer that we'll have eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to respond. Part of having eyes to see is Jesus could have walked by and he wouldn't have noticed, but he was watching. And it says, as he watched is when Jesus walked by. So I think it's important to recognize those moments where Jesus is walking by, so to speak, where there's there's a, a bigger reality taking place and being able to point to those things.
1: Wow. And I love the, the, the statement, behold the Lamb of God. You see, sacred scripture is so deep. We can plummet every day and never hit bottom. That's it's right. It's amazing. So as we look at the Lamb of God, I wrote down, that's the fulfillment of a promise made to Abraham in the Old Testament. You see, in the Old Testament is the prefigurement of the fulfillment of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. And so with what they call typology, we go back to Abraham, and Abraham was asked by the Lord to take his son Isaac, take him up on a mountain, prepare Isaac as a sacrifice, as the Lamb of God sacrifice to God. And in obedience, Abraham did that. But just before he sacrificed his own, only son Isaac, the angel stopped him and didn't allow that and said, God will provide the Lamb. That's key. Because that prophetic prophecy is fulfilled in John's quotation, Behold the Lamb of God. You see, Abraham then saw a ram stuck in the bushes and went over and made sacrifice with that. But a ram is not the lamb. The promise of God the Father that he would provide the Lamb of God that would take away all the sins. The one for all sin offering for the whole human race was Jesus Christ, His son, and John the Baptist, right here in this one little phrase, is identifying it. And that's why sacred scripture is so precious. To just learn it and keep connecting the dots. You can't pull a, a a scripture verse out of context and make it a pretext. But when you start connecting the dots through the grace of God, the gift of the Holy Spirit, those spiritualized to see, right? It's like these aha, wow moments. It's like, oh man, Lord, I'm getting it. This is it. You know, and that's behold the lamb. Well, that lamb, which was a sacrificial lamb that the priests, back in the Leviticus times and back in the the Old Testament, would be the sin offering. They lay their hands on it and put all the sins of all the people in the lamb. They would sacrifice that lamb, but then they would eat the lamb entirely. Right. Entrails and all, it says in the Bible. Well, that lamb, Jesus Christ, who is the bread of life, as Catholics, we understand and connect the dots, that offering on the altar of God is represented at every Catholic mass everywhere all over the world. The Lamb of God is made present once again through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the bread of life then becomes the Eucharist, the host. The offerings of the bread and the wine become the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity as Catholics every day to receive Jesus Christ at the altar as the Lamb of God to be our spiritual food for our souls every day, for our journey, our sojourning here on earth to our heavenly home. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to wake up. We need to go back to the beautiful sacrament of reconciliation to get whole. We're called, scripture commands us, confess your sins one to another. And then scripture tells us that it gives us the ministerium of the forgiveness of sins through the priest, the gift they're given, the charism to be that in persona Christus, Christmas, Christus, that that vessel of Christ in that confessional, that it is Christ who forgives the sins through that priest. It is precious. We need to go back to that precious sacrament to get clean and then purely, sacramentally receive Jesus into us so that we can do what? In flesh the word as he did in the world, that we can be those signposts, those lights that point to him and the heavenly reality of the eternal exchange of love between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which Jesus laid down his life for us to enter into that for all eternity. Wow. Whew, that was a, that was a wow. mouthful. Wow. It's so good.
2: I'm turning to uh, the quotations from Jesus here. So Jer- Jesus turned, saw them following, and he said to them, what are you looking for? And I think that's a question that is being asked of us. What are you looking for? And I don't think it's just a question that was asked of us the day we started following Jesus, I think it's asked of us today. I think it's going to be asked of us tomorrow. I think it's going to be asked of us five years, three months, 10 weeks, and two days from now. I think that's a constant question. What is it you're looking for? And and what a beautiful response that they have. First thing they said to him was rabbi. So by acknowledging Jesus as rabbi, it says it's translated as teacher. It is... It's acknowledging that he's the teacher, and it's it's at this point in time, it's what they're looking for as well. It's I want to be taught by a teacher, uh, and I think that's important for us. Do we go into today with there's something that I can learn, or do we go in today with I got it all figured out, I know everything, and yeah, I'm just gonna tell people what they need to what they need to hear and share all of my own thoughts. I think. I think it's important for us for internally to approach each day with the idea that there's a rabbi, there is a teacher. Lord, what did you want to teach me in this? Maybe you did something good and it was successful. Lord, what did you want to teach me in this? Maybe we dropped the ball and we failed at something. Lord, what did you want to teach me at this? And I think you improve on that thing and the next time it comes up, Lord, what did you want to teach me with this? I think there's a constant, and that's why I think it's important to have people in your life, you can teach them, they can teach you, and you're open to that um, that kind of going into it with what is it that you're looking for. Uh, I think that's a, a good heart posture. But back to what you're saying, I think one of the things that we see oftentimes with, you know, what are you looking for? Is it? motivation for yourself? Is it motivation for your family? Is, is it motivation for advancing the kingdom? Um, I think that's a question that he's going to continue to ask us. And, the, and the, then the other quotation from Jesus is when they said, where are you staying? He said, come and you will see. I think that's the invitation that Jesus offered us. Come. What are you looking for? Come. Follow me. Follow me. You, you don't know 20 steps in advance, but he just says, come, follow me. And, and they went with him, and they got to see where he was staying that day. Like, he actually answered the questions that they were asking. But I think that's an invitation for us every day. Come, follow me. I'll, sh- I'll show you what you want to see.
1: Wow. When you uh, just spoke that, it really convicted my heart. Because for me, do I reach out to my friends, and do I say to them, come and see Where the Lord is staying. Come and see. Because in my heart of hearts, I 100% believe fully and completely that the Lord is in the tabernacle at every Catholic church all over this world. He's there fully, body, blood, soul, and divinity. He's there in the Eucharist at adoration. He is there. Do I invite my friends to come taste and see this truth? Come and just invest time and listen to the Lord. Come and just bask in His glory as you sit in that church and just listen. you know what? and I don't do that enough and I need to be more open to do that. And it, it says right here, you know that the the disciples or the disciples came because they heard John. We need to ask for the gift of courage from the Holy Spirit and speak truth, truth with love as invitations to this incredible gift that God has left in his church here on earth. That we invite people to come and meet the Messiah there. It's so important for us. You know, when they said, you know, know, what are you looking for? I wrote these things down. I'm looking for my Savior, my Lord, my King. I invite him to sit on the throne of my heart. I'm looking for my brother and my friend. They're all present in Christ. And Jesus is inviting us. And I thank my evangelical friends for inviting me to learn about this personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And then I thank the Catholic Church for saying, now, David, you've taken Jesus' hand. Now go into the deep. And let Jesus take you to the Father as he taught us how to pray, our Father. And so for me, this divine intimacy that the Lord Jesus wants us to have with his Father in, through, and with him, my goodness gracious, that's where it's at. Jesus came to this earth for one purpose and one purpose only, and that was to do the will of the Father. He spoke only what the Father told him to speak. He came to do the will of the Father. Do we sit with the Father as Jesus did? Do we ask the Father, Father, what would you like me to do today? Do we invite the Father along from the bedroom to the boardroom? Do we invite him to go walking with us, to go fishing and hunting with us? Do we have that intimacy, that divine intimacy that our Heavenly Father wants with each and every one of his precious sons and daughters? That's you and I. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm on that journey, and it's so precious because I realize how much God the Father loves me. I say, I realize how much I write a little bit of how much. And he keeps showing me day after day after day. The love he has for me is unfathomable in a human mind. And I just want to have that childlike, as Jesus says, unless you become like one of these little ones, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. I want to become a child of God, the father. I want to have that childlike awe and wonder that I can just wake up and go, wow, father, thank you. Wow, Daddy, thank you. I want to sit on your lap. Daddy, will you do this battle for me? Please help me. Give me your strength. That's the journey God the Father wants with each of us as his precious sons and daughters that guess what? He delights in.
2: That's so good.
1: And we can relate to Andrew. He, he finds
2: the Messiah. The first thing he does is, of course, he goes to his brother. Like, you have a love for your brother and you just found something that's amazing, of course you want to share that. Hey, come. We found the Messiah. Like this is this is exciting. This is big news. I want you to be a part of this. And do we do that? Do do we do we truly say I found the Messiah. Come and see. But I think it's a story that's coming to mind as we're sharing this. I think we have to be careful with what is our role. I think that our role Oftentimes with inviting people is to plant the seed, to water the seed, to throw some sunlight on the seed. Of course, we want fruit. Everybody wants to see the fruit that the tree bears, but that's his work. That is what God the <clears throat> Father is going to do with them. He is, he is the one that's after their heart. In, in this story, you have John, his role was to watch and to proclaim, behold, the Lamb of God. And then you have Andrew. He starts following him. He goes and gets Simon Peter. He, he invites him to come with him. Everybody played a role in this story, but the fruit of it, the, 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 the salvation of their souls, that is what comes, that's a gift from the Father. So I think it's important for us not to cloud our minds with, I got to do all of this stuff. No, no. I think if you spend time with the Lord... And you say, what is my role here? And so now I'll get to the story that's coming to mind. Just recently, we live in a neighborhood and we have friends and we have some of the families around us that have started to come to church with us. And it's a great thing. It's fun to be able to have our kids together and be able to have different conversations on a spiritual level level with your neighbors. it's, It's really been a great thing here recently. And there's one family... That seems a little bit open to coming to church, but they've been hesitant. Um, and anyway, the group that has been going to church, we were just together, and uh, the one guy was saying, "Hey, let's invite them to come hang out with us, and then you know we can hopefully get them to come to church with us." And as he was saying that, I truly believe that he was saying it from a good place. He he wasn't trying to. Uh, you know, th- there was no evil in what he was saying. But I just had this check in my spirit, and I said, hey, guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we need to be careful here. We can't be manipulative. We can't mm-hmm. we can't invite them with an ulterior motive. Yeah. We, we can't say, hey, we'll be friends with you as long as you conform to be how we want you to be. Because we've all been there. You can smell that out a mile yeah. away. You, you know what it's like, okay, they want, they want something from me. We all know that feeling. And again, I don't think he was coming from a place of evil. He wants what's best for them. He can see this would be a good thing for them, but you don't, you don't wanna mess with that. E- even, it's for, even if it's with good motives and for, for a good reason, my encouragement for myself and for you listening would be just just check yourself for a second. Do I have an ulterior motive here? Do I do I have any type of manipulation in me? Because that is that is not from God. He does not want us to manipulate people. And so as we the next few minutes, we just talked that through a little bit. It made sense to everybody and, and we kind of got to what what we're talking about right now, we said, you know, it'd be nice. Let's just invite them over. We're talking about having a fire. Let's invite them over, have a fire. If it comes up, hopefully they bring it up. If they don't, let's just say we want to enjoy hanging out with you and let the kids play. And and it was a beautiful time. It did not come up. We didn't bring it up. I think everybody kind of had this, like, don't want to step into the manip, you know what I mean? But I I think that's important for us to remember. We know what it's like to be manipulated. We don't want to do that, even if it is what we would consider ourselves like, hey, it's for the good. Hey, it's going to be a good thing. Stop and be careful. If God tells you to water the seed, then water the seed. Throw some sunlight on it. Throw some fertilizer on it. Pluck some weeds out. But don't be the one who says, I got to
1: turn this thing into a basket of fruit. When you try and close the deal, usually you close the door of the heart. So true and for me you know that's again exactly correct. So <clears throat> one of the gifts that I pray for every every morning or try to pray for every morning is the gift of the spiritual eyes to see and a heart to respond to love, the spiritual ears to hear and the grace to be obedient to God's every utterance and a heart to be opened wide to receive God's love and mercy and compassion and allow that to overflow from my heart into the every each and every heart that comes into my life. And it's so important because I was with my son in law and daughter in law, and they're both talking and the daughter in law says, you know, I'm I'm looking for a church and I'm not happy with what happened with our church. I'm I'm actually gonna friends of ours invite us to go to the Catholic church. And I know you're devout Catholic David and you know, she's definitely watched me enflesh the word for the past huh, ten years and, and been drawn to that truth and beauty of Christ within me. And my son-in-law, he's like on fire for typology and uh, Jewish traditions, and he's all about it, and and the Catholic Church this and that. And so I'm like getting all excited, and I'm like, uh, hey, you know, tomorrow morning I'm going to go to 8.30 Mass. You want to go along? He said, hey, you know, maybe I'll get up early in the morning, maybe I'll go. And his wife said, yeah, he said, our friend was looking to take us to Mass when we got back from this trip, and I got that check in my spirit. After I had said that, because wow. I was trying to close the deal, wow, yeah, and I said, "You know what? I think I'm gonna be a little bit too tired to get up tomorrow morning because I got the little check that said, "Really, you want to be the closer, right, The friend already invited him, right, I'm, I'm doing the work, and you're gonna you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna steal the try and steal the prize, yeah, and I thought about it, and I love this priest, but he's not the charismatic priest that that I believe God has waiting for them right. back in, in, uh, in Colorado. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to get up. Oh, okay, all right. Wow. That's so good. We must be open to that because I'm telling you, when you try and close the deal mm-hmm. and make it all about you, I did this, oh boy, oh boy, you close the door of the heart. Yeah, And it's so important for us. Jesus is the word of God. He infleshed the sacred scriptures. He infleshed that world word, word every day. My calling in life, in my imperfections, that continue to ask for the grace every day to inflesh the word of God and to be obedient to the Father and surrender to His will, not my agenda. And it's so very important because I'm telling you, we have we will push people away when we try to make it about us closing a deal. Yeah
2: it's so good i just want to jump back to what john said behold the lamb of god it's just it's mind-boggling and fascinating it it makes sense i mean we have the gift of the whole book um but you kind of think that when jesus shows up on the scene that the announcement would be behold the lion of judah like behold the 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 leader of heaven's armies but but instead it's behold the lamb of god which people would know at that time and we know now that comes with itself behold the sacrifice that takes away the sins of the world like it's a sacrificial it's a death and resurrection it's it's a it's not a look how powerful i am he I'm going to sit at the throne in the middle of the city and everybody's going to bow down. It is a sacrificial life. And the invitation is for us to live a sacrificial life, to, in the same way that Jesus lived a sacrificial life, he invites us and he says, take up your cross and follow me. He doesn't say, take your seat at the high throne and rule, he says, pick up your cross and come on this journey with me and come and follow me.
1: Daily. Daily. You know, as we look back, you know, today there's so many different people saying, oh, it's a health and wealth gospel. Hey, you do this, you'll get rich, you know, just accept Jesus. Think about this to the early disciples. (laughs) And, And your gift, if you said yes to the Lord and said, I'm a Christian, you could be Put on a cross, fed to the lions, cut in half. <laughs> right. You basically, it was a death sentence for hundreds of years. Right. It was a death sentence if you accepted Christ and look at the people that did and look at how Christianity grew. If you don't believe Jesus Christ was Lord and God and Savior and the Messiah, just look at the facts. Who in their right mind would have said yes to a death sentence? A torturous excruciating pain death sentence just to say I believe he is the Lamb of God right. he is the Messiah you know today ladies and gentlemen we're not quite there but for me I look throughout history and I watched on New Year's Eve as the entire world the Muslim world everyone China everyone celebrated the date 2024 and I went look everybody is celebrating The day the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was born 2,024 years ago. God bless you.
0: Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a gospel reflection group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717 367 0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.